if I didn't have that Ironman to look forward to, if I didn't have friends in the health and wellness community to rely on to just have a conversation with, my therapist to talk to, who knows what would have happened? I have a feeling I, w- I could have easily gone back down the drinking hole. I know that happens to a lot of people. So doing the Ironman right after that. Welcome to the Big Fish Cares Podcast. Stay savage. <laughs> that is who I'm with today, man. Meet Matt Scaletti. He's an entrepreneur, author, motivational speaker, philanthropist. I can't even say that I word, can't by say the that way. Word <laughs> but he's driven to improve the lives of everyone who he comes in contact with. He's a recovering functional alcoholic. I can't wait to t- t- tap into that a little bit more uh, for almost a decade. Yeah. Because I've been I've been watching some of your Instagram posts. You talk about that a lot right now. Yes, I do. Yeah, ten years it's been. I'm a slow learner. Let's I get right into that. Let's get right into that. Because I saw an Instagram reel. You were doing your run because that's all you do. It seems like I was like <laughs> me and you were talking before. So I'm like, do you have a job or do you just run for a living? I'm like, I'm like, I think I think you're just always running. Because like there was one clip that said you were like biking, like you know, you biked one morning, I don't know, 30, 40, 100 miles or something like that. And then you ran 15 miles, like just on an average Wednesday in Pittsburgh. <laughs> But there was a clip of you with Heinz Field in the background, yeah. and it said you used to get drunk there every Sunday, right, and watching Steeler games. Again, a lot of us have done that, right, many times. Yeah. Um, people are still doing it, right? That's, yeah. that's how the NFL is, is, keeps people in those seats for so long. Tell us a little bit about that journey of, like, you know, alcoholism and then when you decided to wake up. Yeah, so, I mean, I went to college in 2002, and I was pretty straight edge before that. I was got good grades in school, in high school. I went off to college, and the doors just kind of opened up, and I got into the party scene, and I think I liked it. I liked to party, and I became known as the party guy. Like, I, I was the guy that would always be out having fun, drinking. And what I thought was, after I graduate, I'll just get a real job and stop drinking, and it's, it wasn't that easy. It actually got worse. I moved to Boston for two years and I got more unhealthy, got more into alcohol and then moved back to Pittsburgh, continued to get worse. It was a situation where I could not be social sober. Just wasn't in my head anyways. It just wasn't possible. And I had a moment. Thank God I had this. October 2011, I woke up on the floor of my home in the south side, hung over. This wasn't the first time this happened, by the way. Woke up on the floor, hung over. I'm staggering around. My head's pounding. It's like 7 a.m. Sunday morning. And I walked up to the stairs to my bathroom. And for whatever reason, I looked myself in the mirror and for the first time in my life, hated who was looking back. And it was one of those moments where it's just like, I, I talk about this thing called a negative vision. And I thought about what if I don't change for the next three years, five years, 10 years, and I remain this alcoholic I'm convinced to this day I would have been in jail or dead. And I just, in that moment, it was like, I didn't overcome alcoholism in that moment, but I did decide to make a shift. Something had to change or I would not be living right now. I certainly wouldn't be on your podcast talking about this stuff. So I got around better people after that and just fell in love with fitness, healthy living, and apparently running a lot of miles on Wednesday mornings. <laughs> Were you ever into fitness before that? Like, who was Matt Scaletti pre-2011? Yeah. I I liked lifting weights. I was lifting guy. I probably did a total of one hour of cardio a year pre-2011. I would go into the gym and lift, but I was 55, 60 pounds overweight. I was not healthy. I... I didn't know anything about what to eat, what to put in my body, how to fuel myself. I would try to outwork the bad diet that I had. And that doesn't, you cannot outwork a bad diet. I tried it, I tried it in my early 20s when my metabolism should be humming and it just, it didn't pan out. The only way I could get out of that downward spiral was to remove something from my life that was killing me, which was alcohol. How how did it affect your your relationships, how did it affect your work life? How did, tell me some of the, tell me some of the downsides of what that first decade was like, you know, post, you know, college. Yeah. Um, It it had a huge, and I know, you know, we can both speak to having problems with uh, different substances in the past, but I mean, it had a huge effect on my relationships. I couldn't hold one because I was so, I would fly off the handle. I would, 
go out partying and then just disappear and walk home by myself. I was, I w- this is hard for me even to admit, but I was a hater. Like I was the person that saw somebody having success and said in my head or on social media, oh, they got lucky. They got handed some of that. Like they got this or that. I would blame other people. It was everyone else's fault except for me. And then that moment, October 2011, I'm looking at myself like, wait a minute, it's your fault. And if it's your fault and you finally have some accountability, now I have the power to change it. Where if I'm blaming everybody else, well, I can't change everybody else. So I didn't do anything. Why do you think, why do you think that that moment happened? Like, do you think that, do you think if that moment didn't happen, that aha moment for you, like you'd still be on that path? Or like, why do you, like, did you ever have any like half moments like that? Or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I like, did. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a good point. I, I always had moments where I would stumble back home drunk and for whatever reason be like, what would it be like to be healthy? I would think that in my drunken stupor. Like, what would it be like if I was just a healthy person and a happier person? And then I would just, fall into the same pattern again. But I think one thing I did was I journaled every morning for like months leading up to this ultimate face in the mirror moment. And the journal entries, I finally read them after probably four months. And it was hard to read because they were all the same. Every journal entry was something like, I don't want to do anything this morning. My head is pounding because I would drink Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, five, six nights a week hung over every single morning, every journal entry was more depressing than the one prior to it. Mm. I read them all and I'm just thinking, this cannot continue forever or my life will have no meaning. And that, all of that moment kind of came together into one and it was just go time. So a lot of people have similar stories, right? Especially with alcohol. I mean, like, you know, there's a, I mean, that's no... You know, because that's the legal, that's the legal drug in America, mm-hmm. right? You can just yes, go in any is. bar, you can get all tuned up as much as you want to go to that. Luckily, you know, in Pittsburgh, I think they shut them down at two o'clock. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some places it's all night, right? Vegas is like, you know, 24 hours, right? Like no, like no I'm stop. Th- no I've st- made mistakes out there. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. no stopping. Yeah. It's one thing to like wake up and say you're going to make a change, right? It's kind of like me with like my my diet and my exercise, right? Like I've always struggled with my weight. Um, and I know that it's a mental thing from somewhere way back then. I, it's the last thing. It's one of the last things that I need to overcome, right? And I'm looking forward to hanging out with guys like you. But it's like, you know, people start diets. They stop diets. People try to stop drinking. They start drinking, right? What was it like for you? What was your process of like trying to just stop, right? Because... No, that's a great question. And I, I, there's so many great points at what you just said. I love the idea that you are the general of your own army. So you control the people that you spend time with. And I love how you said, because I did the same thing. If you want to spend more time with guys like me, because I'm a health nutball, that's what I did. I got around, without knowing it at the time, I got around healthier people. And when you're drinking five, six nights a week, you're hanging out with people that are drinking five, six nights a week. Then I shifted, started getting up earlier in the morning, going to bed earlier, going to the gym in the morning and meeting those people. And that became my new army. I started getting around the healthier group of like, if I hang out with you, I'm going to have a more entrepreneurial mindset. I'm going to have energy out the wazoo because you bring it from the second I met you, your energy level is insane. And it's just so contagious. I feel like I'm probably going to go run home after this, leave my car in the parking lot. But like you become like the people around you. And I became like these healthy people that I started to surround myself with. And I think anyone listening to this, it's a great idea to identify who you communicate with the most. And Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins mentor says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I believe it. Who are the last five, 10 people you've texted with? Are those people that you look up to, that encourage you, that push you, or are they people that are fun suckers and they bring you down? To answer your question, without knowing it, I just started to trend in a direction where I got around people that were living this healthier, more upbeat, more savage lifestyle, and I became more like them, and I I began to love it. 
did you already know these people or like, did you have to go find these people? No, I didn't. Or was it like, was yeah. it awkward? Like they're like, Hey buddy, can we go work out together? Oh, like, it was, like, oh, I'm sure I created many awkward moments. I, I'll tell you one awkward moment that turned out to be a great thing. As I, after this October, 2011, it's probably three weeks later, I attend this business conference and this was just by such luck and chance. This health and wellness expert named Chris Johnson was speaking on stage. I'm sitting there drinking a regular Coca-Cola and he goes on this five minute tirade about how Coke is like the <laughs> devil and like it's poison. It's the last Coke I ever had in my life. So I apologize if you're trying to get Coke as a sponsor. I just blew that one. That's but, right. So I run up to him after the speech and I said, Chris, my name's Matt Scaletti. I'm unhealthy. I'm an alcoholic. Like, can you help me? And he kind of looked at me like, whoa, that was a lot to just throw on me two seconds after I'm done with my speech. But he's a mentor of mine. I just talked to him on the phone three days ago, and he's one of the people that helped me transition into this healthier lifestyle. The answer to your question is I, no. All of my friends shifted pretty much, pretty much all of them from the ones I used to hang out with till to now. So what was it like with the bros, right? Your Yinzer bros, right? Yeah. Like, like all, all, yeah. all of a sudden, you're like... <laughs> You're like, do you just stop talking to them? Do you tell them like, hey, I gotta get my help, I gotta get my life cleaned up. Um, I can't go to the game today. I can't go to the bar tonight. Like, talk about what it's like when you are trying to make a shift, and the people that are used to you either take it personal, yeah, because they make they they think that you're judging them, or better yet, they uh, they don't know why. Like, they don't they don't understand, right? Yep. And so tell talk to me a little bit about That's that. That's such a good question. And I'm so glad you asked it because I think I handled it poorly at the time. Mm. And the reason is I should have just told, I had four really good guy friends that we would hang out all the time. I should have just told them, I'm trying to make some changes. I think it may be best for me not to go out with you guys Thursday night, Friday night. But I just sort of, faded out when the group text or whatever would go around. I just really wouldn't say anything. Mm. And I, I pulled myself completely back from that group. And I think it was because I was so scared if I showed up that I wouldn't be able to handle it and I would go back to my old ways. I just kind of faded out for probably three or four months. Once I got a handle on this is a decision I'm making longer term, I would go out sporadically with them and just pull the old like, you get a club soda and tell them to put a lemon and lime in it and give me a little straw to make it look like I'm drinking. Well, 10 years, ago, 10 years ago, that wasn't cool. Now, sparkling water. Yeah, I know. Like, I was now, ahead of the times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were, a, you were a visionary back then. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I should have started the company. Should have started Liquid then. Death, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. a sponsorship we can get behind Liquid, Liquid Death. Liquid Death. Yeah, yeah that's love, good stuff. I love that stuff. I do, too. So what was it like for those guys? Like, um... Did they feel like, did they, did they make fun of you? Did they like, did they clown on you a little bit? Cause I yeah, know how yeah. guys are, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They clown on me for sure. Yeah. Oh, you know, drinking water. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Come on, man. I still like, get yeah. like, I still get made fun of like in, in a, I think a harmless way, but yeah. like, I'll give you an example. I just turned 40 a few weeks ago. My family, I mean, this is, this isn't poking fun. I think it's just funny for my birthday cake. They brought out a plate of like broccoli, spinach, and carrots. It were like put a candle in it. Here you go. Here's your birthday present. So yeah, I. But from the buddies, I took a lot of crap from them. But that decision, it was made. So they could have said whatever they wanted. I could have got made fun of in front of ten thousand people. The decision was done. Where do you think your confidence though and your identity came from? Because a lot of people, what I've learned through the process of transformation is that. If you're not really grounded in your identity, um, because yeah. of your identity can be confusing when you go through a transformation, right? Because it's like mm -hmm. you have this old self, you have this new future self that you're trying to be, and it's easy to kind of like give in to like that old self, yeah. right? Like, and how like how were you able to stay so like like did you do anything else? Like, was there any like was there any other mat like was there any other like tricks or tips or did you go to any like therapists or workshops or did you go like did you did you get any like uh, was there any other experiences that like came through that to where like you really like that shift like sunk in a little bit? That's so interesting how you asked that because I haven't thought about it where you said you're like changing identities and I think that's a big reason why I've never really thought about that until you asked that question. Maybe that's why I changed a lot of the friends because they knew me as this old 
identity or how I identified. Like Frank the Tank, part. right? Yeah, I thought that was that guy. I was absolutely that guy. I'll do one, yeah. and then 30 later, I'm passed out on the couch. Look at me! Oh, yeah, I was that guy. Yeah. Oh, it's so embarrassing, but it's true. I, I can kind of see, like, because I, I can see your personality, right? Like, personalities don't usually change that much. Now, you can use that same personality for good or evil, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I can see, like, yeah, you'd be the you'd be the fun guy. The I was party. fun for a oh, while yeah. until I, you know, and then, you know what, to, to that point, too, I mean, I was fun to a certain point and you hit seven, nine beers, whatever it was. And then I'd hit 12 and then I'd just become a jerk. Okay. And that would happen too. So I, I think I started to realize the effect I was having on other people mm. and especially like romantic relationships, saying things you regret the mm. next day you get the text, like, why'd you say X, Y, Z? And I'm like, I don't even remember saying that. So to, to answer your question though, I mean, I think, regarding the shift that I made, I, I started to also put something on my calendar that scared me. I got into the, the men's physique. Don't judge me when I tell you this. I got into the men's physique space, like bodybuilding. Bodybuilding. So I got, I got a couple buddies that like that are into that. Oh, and, really? And they got like the spray tan things. Oh, like, yeah. I did all that. I did all that. Yep. Yeah. I didn't wear a Speedo, by the way. I didn't wear a Speedo. <laughs> I wore board shorts. But that, that, that world, like that space... Kind of saved me because that was I had something to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, because you're you're that's all they're doing. They're eating that's double it. the double check in. Oh yeah, like, that's all I did. Like yeah, chicken and broccoli like seven times yeah. a day. And, but I liked it, and I I found like this new obsession from party guy sure. to yeah. Now I'm I'm healthy guy, and it was actually kind of cool. Maybe this is for my ego's sake, but people that didn't see me for a year or two. And they knew me as this 230-pound guy who would party all the time. And now they see me as 170 pounds and, like, in good shape. They're like, what happened? Whoa. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like, I'm doing something. I shifted. And now they're, the way they see me is different. The way I see myself is different. And it, it just got – it became an obsession that keeps rolling. I can't stop it. I cannot stop it. Man, you said two things in there. The first one I want to touch on is when you, when you, um, so you went from the addiction. I'm gonna just call it that. Like yeah, you went it from, was. You went from addicted to drinking and partying. Yeah. And then you went to addicted to health and, and the gym. I think about this all the time. Yeah. Let me ask you this: Do you think that that's okay? And I want I want your thoughts this on that. I want to be. I, I want your thoughts on that. I want to be completely transparent. So I talked to my therapist about this. I've had one for like three or four years, and this is a topic of discussion. And what we talked about this just happened recently. If I'm not injuring myself or pushing myself to the point of hurting myself or others, then it seems like it's an okay addiction. And I. I've injured myself. I tore my Achilles once being an idiot running way too many marathons in a row. But I think that's the only time I've done something to negatively affect myself or those around me, which I don't think I negatively affected people around me. So I think it's, I think about that a lot because I know that I am addicted to it. But I, as long as I'm not hurting myself physically or mentally, I think it's okay. But the balance of life is where it gets interesting too. Like it, it can hurt social situations. Like I'm going to bike a lot this weekend ahead of an event I'm training for, and I'm going to miss out on Saturday night events. Like one of my friends is having a party, not a party, like a get together at his apartment, and I'm not going to go. So there, I think this idea of balance. I can be out of whack sometimes because I'm so obsessed with. Because you don't fishing. have to keep biking and running hundreds no, of miles no, to like stay to. like in healthy shape, right? No, that's true. Because yeah. like you know, I listen to Alex Ramosi and I, and I know we talked yeah, about we his did, book. Yeah, and like you know he said you know he built himself up to the to the way he looks now, but he can maintain that two three days a week and as long as he you know and he knows how to like mount like pick around his diet a little bit to yeah, kind of yeah. just make sure he doesn't like you know, look like me one day, right? Like, so like, you know, but like there's, but there's gotta be that balance, right? So then that way you can do other things. I don't say yeah. there has to be, it's, I think it's a choice that you have to make for your life. And right. I would like to know the blind spots because some people can see you and they'll, they'll check you out on Instagram. They're going to be like, like, that's all he does. Like, like he doesn't do anything else. Like he just like runs and says, stay savage. And like, <laughs> I love saying stay savage. You're it's right. awesome. No, it's cool. Yeah. That's a great tagline. It's great for the personal brand and all that. 
And it does motivate people. Like for instance, like me, like, like if I want to go hang out with, uh, if I want to improve my fitness, right. I want to go hang out with you. If I want to go improve um, my um, crocheting skills, Right. Don't hang out with me. Right, I'm not going to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah. and, that's, and that's okay, right? Like, yeah. you know, as long as I'm grounded who I am and when I go hang out with the knitter, as long as she's not pounding 12, 12 beers and getting me to tr tr trick me into <laughs> drinking beer and change something else, right? Yeah. Just like if you come hang out with me and I have, like, you know, a little extra food and you're, or I order dessert, you're able to sit there and not order the dessert. Yeah. But you're still able to stay in the moment and have a good time, right? Yes, absolutely. Because there's some people that I've been around, like that have obsessions one way or the other, either whether you think they're positive or negative, that really are so laser focused and then they kind of judge, right? Yeah. Did you ever go through that phase where like, oh man, look at all those people who don't run and don't bike and like, you know, they're losers, right? I, I that, same, that same attitude that you had when you were drinking down the South Side? Yep. Like, does that ever carry over into this? It used to. It, like right when I was making the shift, I, that definitely used to happen where you look at, you know, I'm looking at people like, oh, you know, I'm better than them because they're eating cake, which that, that's not true at all. They could be the happiest person on the planet when they're eating cake. So I think I went from somebody who judged a lot as an alcoholic to then getting out of that and still judging. And now I feel like I have a long way to go, but I'm getting better at not judging myself and then in turn, not judging others. And I know we're both Gary V guys, so he talks about that a lot. That hits home for me. Just enjoy the person that you're around and I don't have to be judging other people. Like you choose to live your life a certain way, I choose to live mine a certain way, not that one's right or wrong. But yeah, I think that I think the lack of judgment has helped me in a big way. And it starts with me. What are some other things that you've done other than just like fitness stuff to help your mindset? Because I know that you, um, you know, you do a lot of like uh, speaking. Yeah. You do a lot of like, um, like I know you're in like Toastmasters, right? Yeah. That, that's, I, I helps. Saw, that's helped a lot. Yeah. So tell me about like some of the other things that you've done over the last 10 years that's really kind of helped you round out yeah. the Matt Scaletti right now. And no, and I appreciate that question because – I, I feel like I do come off as this guy that's just constantly working out and, and I say stay savage and I'm trying to almost make that comment and tagline be more about, it doesn't have to just be fitness. Like it could be running your own podcast. Like this is a savage room that we are in right now. I mean, I'm so impressed by this. It's insane. <laughs> Thanks, but, man. No, I love My it. My team is really good, so. It's a great leader. Like, they, they, they full credit to the know, team. Like, I mean, I didn't organize the stuff on the walls. I didn't even order these. Like, it looks so my, good. My executive assistant ordered these a couple years ago. Mallory, or, that was Mallory, and then Ali sets up the guests and the booking. Cody does all the videoing. We have a team that does editing. We have, it shows. Yeah, and it's like, it's not really the, the, the part that I do is I just come sit in the chair and just hang out with my You're friends. You're a pretty and, face. You're a pretty well, face. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I just, it's really good for um, networking, right? And getting yeah. to know people, you know, me and you met at VCon. Now we're, now we're getting off track. See like what we just did there? Yeah, but I, we're I, both I, so I, good I, at I, it. I caught, I caught myself. Cause it's like, okay, but yeah, I'll talk about Toastmasters. You want me to talk about Toastmasters? Go, yeah. I want to know what <laughs> some of the things that you did because Toastmasters, just for everybody that knows, what is Toastmasters? So yeah. Toastmasters is an organization worldwide where they have groups that meet, really all over the place and they help you with public speaking, leadership and communication. And I, as I made this shift into a healthier version of myself, I started getting asked locally to give speeches about how I made this change. And I was horrible speaking. I mean, embarrassingly bad. I wish I had a video of it because the first group asked me to speak for, I think it was 20 minutes and I spoke for seven and then I panicked and just said, thank you. And I sat down, I couldn't do it. And Toastmasters helped me get my story figured out a little bit better and just confident enough to speak in front of a group of people, whether it's 10 or 100. And that's helped me in a big, big way. So I think anything that gets me out of my comfort zone, a lot of times it does involve physical fitness. But public speaking, one of my best friends just asked me this. He said, what was harder, overcoming an alcohol addiction or being a, a decent public speaker. And I had to think about it. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but becoming a decent public speaker took and is still taking seven, eight, nine plus years. The other thing I love to do, by the way, is jump in my cold plunge. For those of you that don't like cold water, I hate being cold. 
But I forced myself into. Oh, we're supposed to do it this morning. Listen, we'll, we'll do it. Well, I've been morning. I've been we'll seeing the I've been seeing the you know that's like the newest fad by the way, cold punches. I mean, yeah. I know Wim Hof's been around for a long time. Yeah, yes. But now it's like mainstream, where it's like almost like an iPhone. Like everybody's everybody's right. gonna have a everybody's gonna have a cold punch. <laughs> you're, right? You have Every, one yet? Do you have a cold punch? No. But oh, we gotta get. We, we should have one right in the podcast room. I can. Jump I told him that punch. we would need one back in the warehouse. I oh, thought that I thought idea. that would be cool. Yeah, I think that's a yeah. Because really we even like have a shower. There's a shower back way in the back. I said that we should have like a cold punch back there because we got some guys here that would, especially some of my roofer guys and the service oh, guys. Oh yeah. yeah. Plus they'd have contests who could stay in the long. Oh, that's. I mean, that's the problem. Like, is the guy Guy, the male ego yeah, that's is like, like the, yeah, the oh, addict. The oh, addict. That's, that's, yeah. that's so true. That's so true. How long can you? Me and one of my best friends do this, and I came in here with a sweatshirt because I was still freezing from being in there for like seven, eight minutes. And there's a threshold where you don't want to be too stupid, but yeah, that's what it is. It's the addiction. I don't know. I think that addiction question is a really good one. If it's just managing that and just... How do you know when it's too much, right? Yeah, like in anything right. in life. I know. Because like, like, sometimes yeah. I think like I'm too much entrepreneur, too much business. Like it's all... Like that's all... Like I only want to be surrounded by business guys and like guys that are going places and like... And it's like, yeah, well, maybe I need to balance that out a little bit because like I would like to be the guy that's like really well-rounded. Like yeah. the best dad, the best husband, the best entrepreneur, the best at fitness, the best... Um, best speaker, right? Like yeah. all the things that I like to do, like I want to, I want to do everything well, but not to where like I do one too much to where like it's something else suffers. That's right. And I'm trying to get there, and it's it's definitely been a little clunky the last couple of years, but it's definitely it's it's definitely much better. And um, I think the fact that you're even thinking about oh, that yeah. with intentionality is huge. Like how many times what, what I did it, and we've talked about it before we started recording. I just kind of floated through life for the first 30 plus years, mm. having no intentionality with anything and just whatever. And there's nothing, there was nothing to be proud of. So I love that you're, you're constantly thinking about that. What, um, what do you do at Toastmasters? I'm curious about Toastmasters because I actually just got invited to uh, speak at a conference and they, on the application, they said, are you part of any speaking groups, public speaking groups? And then preparing for this podcast, like I already knew, like, and I've heard of other people say Toastmasters and I believe it or not, this is how dumb I, I was back in the day. <laughs> I always thought Toastmasters was like a drinking thing. Oh, I'm sure a lot like, of people I'm do. like, hey, Toast. We hey. still, we still <laughs> Like, I didn't know, I didn't know what it was. And like, I just still don't understand when they came up with the name, but that doesn't matter right now. What do you guys do there? Is it like a class or does everybody just get up and practice? Or like, no, it's like a great question. So the meeting is very structured. It's normally exactly an hour and you have one person who is the Toastmaster. And that just means they run the meeting. They make sure the meeting goes smooth. They introduce, there's really only two portions of the meeting. It's a speaking portion where there's normally two people that give up, uh, pre-planned speech, five to seven minutes. And then there's a impromptu speaking, which is actually the coolest part. You, you get in front of the room and they ask you a random question and you have to come up on the fly with an answer, one to two minutes. And the question could be anything. What is the meaning of life? Why do you have a fish on your chest? Like it could be any question. And then at the end, you that. evaluate. Yeah, and you get evaluated on... Did you say um and ah and what could you have done better? Dude, in your I say speech? um all the time I'm and like. I say like. I say a lot. like a lot. I like like a lot. and um. When I watch my videos back, I am so self conscious. By the way, because <laughs> Cody, like, take care of like that. He'll 90, knock out the ums. Yeah, out. I know, but I don't. But that doesn't help. I post production. Anybody like? I don't want to be the Instagram. I don't want to be that like fake Instagram. Uh, me either. Me either. The, I don't. I tell my team all the time: do not take anything out. I want to see that. I need to feel that. Pain. I love that. I but, love like, it. I need to see it because I also want to look authentic. Yes. Right, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of people. Like public speaking is like one of the, the, the biggest fears that people have. Hundred percent. Like yeah. I just realized that I because it comes a little bit more. I don't know if it comes. You naturally. seem like you can just well, roll with it, give you a mic, yeah, and boom. Yeah, it does seem like that, but that's because of. I think I was always trying to be somebody um, and trying to stand out um, and try to like fight my way up to the top. And I figured out that like that was one of my skills, right, was just being able to talk. Now, so a lot of times it served me wrong in the early days because I, you know, I would probably do too much or go, you know, the, the gas pedal was too much, oh, not, yeah. not, not enough brake pedal. Yeah. You know, it's like I had a Ferrari engine, but like a, like a Schwinn bicycle brake pad. <laughs> 
my, that's a good analogy. Yeah. That, you just come up with that on the spot. That's no, no, I think analogy. I've heard that. So I think I read that in eighty. I think I read that in ADHD book somewhere. But like, <laughs> but that's that like, book. but that's how it was, right? And again, I could come across like too much, not enough. It, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's very awkward, right? And so I think that uh, so you would recommend a group like Toastmasters. Oh yeah. Do you think most of the people that join? have like zero level or are they people like me that like are really just going to fine tune or both? Nothing against anybody that joins for the first time. You would be far ahead of the majority of people who join initially. So a lot of people are just kind of super like quiet. Like they just, they, they really want to get out of their comfort. Yeah, comfort that's zone. exactly right. Like to me, like I would, I would be like comfortable going there just because it'd be, it'd be like fun. Yeah. It's probably like you right now. Like if you went to like some like ultra crazy, like, you know, event that like you're still a little bit nervous about, Yeah, but like, you can go. You it's can get out there. Big. You can get out there and participate. Yeah. It's not like it's not like you're climbing Everest with like you know 500 pounds. Like yeah, <laughs> that's true. All right. Oh yeah, Toastmasters. I think would be and it's good. A, for it's anybody. an hour a week, hour a month. Like. Our, ours meets once a week. In it's here in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. It's all over. The, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of clubs in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'll send you the link when we're done. Well, we'll can you like bring? Is it like? Can you just like bring me to a meeting? Like, yeah. and I can just you like can come in virtually or in person. We meet in Bakery Square. Yeah. And do you go in person? I try to if I can get there. So if not, you can always just hop on the Zoom. We should cut this out of the podcast because none of you guys are going to care about this part right here. Well, maybe we right. get some people joining. So I also see on here a couple other things I want to chat about. Um, Two-time world record holder. All right, what is that? So, yeah, so this is – I actually – the first attempt was a failure. I tried to set – the world record for most burpees in eight hours. I think this was in 2017. And I actually threw my back out like four and a half, five hours in. And it was, I mean, that's a long time to be doing burpees. And people looked at it like, that's a that's a lot of burpees in five hours. But I looked at it like, that's true, but I want to set the record. I want to set the record. Tried it again, and it just, it wasn't in the cards. So there was another record. This guy set it in England, I think he lives just outside of London, where you lift a million pounds as fast as possible. And I don't mean a million pounds like you're bench pressing a, a million pounds. You could do it in whatever amount of weight you wanted. So there was four different exercises you could do. There's a bench press, shoulder press, lat pull down, I think low row. And I, all I did was 50 pounds for all of those exercises. And I think he did it in something like 10 and a half hours. So I set a goal to do it in under 10 hours. And as I'm, this is in 2017. Same strategy as he had? Similar like, strategy, like 50, yeah. 60 I actually pounds. contacted the guy and he responded. He almost like coached me through it, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I told you and, what not to do. Yeah, what to yeah. Do. yeah, yeah. I'm wondering like, is he just telling me this to get me to screw up so then I don't get the record? Or is he giving me real, but the guy is awesome. He gave me legit great information. I started on the process, the journey. I was ready, trained. I was probably seven hours in and my forearms just completely gave out anything that was a pulling motion i just couldn't do anymore basically the last two and a half hours was strictly bench pressing 50 pounds over and over and over again but i did beat him by like 27 minutes something like that and then i think he actually beat me like a year or two later which i have not gone through you go again. when you so 50 pounds obviously it's not that much but i'm no. sure over a course of hours it probably feels like it for oh, it did, feels did you go, now is the strategy to go fast or you just go at a steady pace like is it like did you go like that or do you it like it was just, like a steady pace yeah, it was like, a pretty slow, like i had there's got to be there's got to be like a like a line somewhere where it's like a speed and you you're know. right yeah and i think too quick would have gassed me out and too slow would have probably been too, too much, much time resistance. under, yeah. yeah. And so I think I did find that with the middle flow. line, I yeah, found I the found flow. the flow, and it was extremely painful. But I, I was blessed to be able to do it. And the guy who coached me through was, it was awesome. Tell me about your podcast, Living the Dream. So we just rebranded. This would be, this would be a good lead-in. We just rebranded it, which I mean, I have to have Savage in the title now, right? Oh, it yeah. started out oh, as yeah. Living the Dream in 2017, and then this savage word kept coming up so i just i'm like i gotta own this now it's called average to savage podcast and you will be on it and we're shooting in this room <laughs> right here i'm excited within the next month just invited myself back there you go yeah so average to savage podcast basically anybody that has taken any area of their life that was below average or average i know i was way below average for 10 years and just made something of their life in an inspirational story. I interview people twice a month. We do interviews and uh, twice a month I do a solo episode where I'm talking about 
health, wellness, motivation, inspiration, sharing a story or something to help people just get them moving, get them excited about life, get them enjoying life more because we go around one time. We got to have some fun. I don't need to tell you that. <laughs> have the most fun of anybody I know. Yeah. So average is savage podcast. What's so what is your like, why? Like, Okay, so you've done all these cool things. You keep living life. Like, what is your greater purpose? Like, why do you why do you do what you do? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think about this a lot, and I have a feeling the way you ask that you do too. I think there's two things recently that have been driving me, and the one is, what are we capable of? And I I did an event where we trained with the Navy SEALs like a month and a half ago, and it was 55 straight hours of training. It's a 95% success rate of people that pass this get through Navy SEAL training. And a lot of people wanted to become Navy SEALs. Really serious training. And I got through it and I've made some really good friends out of it. And I just thought, I just got through that at 40 years old. What else am I capable of? And it doesn't have to be fitness and just beating yourself up, but how big can the podcast get? How big can your podcast get? What, what more are we capable of? And I think in that same line is how many people can I positively impact? And it seems like you're a, a very similar mindset of that. I get more joy. We were talking about this with like marketing other people. I get more joy out of seeing other people succeed, I think, than I do my own self. And so we just started, I started hosting these savage adventure camps. We're going to Colorado, actually. I don't know when this is coming out, but we're going to Colorado September of 2023 and another one in Pittsburgh in March of 2024 where- There you go, talk get, about that one in March. Yeah, there you because, go, March yeah. 2024. If you wanna run four miles every four hours for 48 hours, come with us in March, March 8th to the 11th, 2024. It's gonna be awesome. We did it last year. We had 25 people do it, sold out in like two days. And it's just, I love seeing and helping people get out of their comfort zones and building community. When you see these people, including myself, push further than they ever thought they could go and meeting other people that want to do that as well, it's not just physical, it maps over into their business. It maps over into their family life. What are they capable of with their family? How good of a dad can they be? How good of a spouse can they be? And I think that's what motivates me more than anything is who else can I help inspire even just a little bit by some of the crazy stuff I like to do. Speaking of spouse and kids, do you have spouse or kids? No. So that's no. actually part of the story. I I got divorced in 2021. Okay. And no kids. Actually, it was probably a very good thing. But I like I did an iron my first Ironman three weeks after my ex-wife asked me for a divorce. And it was it was an emotional thing, obviously. And just getting through that Ironman was this new journey. You're talking about like old friends to new friends. It felt like that. It felt like I'm leaving this one life. We were together almost 10 years. So that, and that was, was that, that would have been after your, 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 your October, 2020, 2011, uh, awakening, oh, yeah. right? I met her shortly after that. Yeah. So she was with you kind of through this whole like ups, upside, the, yeah. be, the best part of masculinity, yeah. at least like going up, up there. And then yeah. all of a sudden it just, yeah. Ended. Well, she missed the very best part. It's still, well, it's coming. still coming. We're just getting yeah, yeah, started. Yeah, yeah, We're just no, getting started. I understand yeah, that. No, but like, right. So that was yeah. just in 2021 that you went through that. Yeah, just two, just over two years ago. Yeah. So you want to talk about that a little bit? What was that like? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very open about it. It was, I mean, it was like a complete punch in the mouth. And it was one of those situations where it was actually my birthday weekend a few years ago. And it was one of those, you know, wife asking you to sit down to talk. And that's normally not a great thing. I didn't know how serious of a talk it was going to be. She looked me dead in the face and just said, I don't love you anymore. I want a divorce. It sounded like this, dead quiet. And I like, okay, let's evaluate what just happened. And I really think this whole story comes full circle because if I didn't have something I was anchored to like health and wellness, or I didn't. I don't have kids, but maybe if, if you do, if you have a child, you can anchor yourself in some sort of positive way. If I didn't have that Ironman to look forward to, if I didn't have friends in the health and wellness community to rely on to just have a conversation with, my therapist to talk to, who knows what would have happened? I have a feeling I, I could have easily gone back down the drinking 
hole. I know that happens to a lot of people. So doing the Ironman right after that, it almost motivated me even more to just show anybody going through a really tough time, whether it's divorce, breakup, loss of a family member, there is life on the other side. And I think I was in, in a daze for that Ironman, but it did give me something to look forward to. So it's, it's like the, another new version of myself is emerging and it has been for the last two and a half years. When you look back on that relationship, um, do you think there's anything you could have done differently? Do you think like, like give me like, give me the look back on something like that because did that just come out of the blue or did you kind of, did you have a feeling about it or like, I mean, like, things weren't going great, Yeah, but I didn't feel at least at the time it was that, it was that yeah, it was that. What do you serious. recommend for couples out there that are? That's a really good question. Yeah, give me some. Yeah, I think so. All I can do is clearly speak from my perspective and thinking about what I could have changed. I think communication is just so key, and having and again, I'm blaming myself. Having difficult discussions when they come up, like if there's something on your mind and you're thinking about it, and you've been thinking about it, just bring it up and share it because I think a lot of what happened with us is, and this is a cop-out, but COVID made it a little bit tougher. I think all COVID did for us was it sped up the divorce process. I got because, divorced to COVID okay, 20, you did too. in 2020. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're spending, you know, we spent every waking yeah. hour with one another. Yeah. And I think if, if you love one another and things are great, they'll get greater. But if, if you're struggling, then it could happen. It's like meditation. It was COVID was like a big form of meditation. Like you got to get real still, you yeah. got to get real quiet. And then you kind of look around and you're like, oh, this is the life that I'm living. Right. And then, you know, then, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. And then we're action. And you know, we're action takers. Obviously your wife was an action taker. Um, yes. she, she's the one that participated in that action. sounds like she did. But when you look back, like, did you have any regrets? Like, like do, do you look back and say, and again, I'm probably just making stuff up right now, but say it, like, no, did you, just... like, did you, were you, did you not pay enough attention? Did you, were you out doing your thing? Was it like being, cause I know in my life that it, it's, I've been too selfish. I'm sure there was and a lot so, of that like, it's like, too. And then like, I didn't give enough attention. Right. And, um, and sometimes they could feel lonely. Right. And yeah. I always look, I read a book called Radical Husband. Oh, I never oh, heard. Oh, that read book. that book. It's a quick yeah. three-hour read, and you can listen to it. The guy's awesome. Okay. And he, his wife, asked him to like leave, you know, and they didn't get divorced, but they said separated. And uh, and he he talks a lot about in there when he got real still about what he could do because you can only control you. That's right, right? Yeah. Like you, yeah. you know that from all the training and all the mindset yeah. stuff. And it's like and same thing with our, you know, the the main relationship with our spouse, you know, our kids, our our you know our team at work. Uh, our friends, right? We can't control all that. Like, think they're gonna, they're all, everyone's all going up and down on life, right? Yeah. All we can do is figure out what we can put on our inputs, right? So, I, uh, I've learned that. Um, I'm still learning that, right? It's, it's always a work in progress. But, oh yeah, uh, me too. It yeah. was like, so how do, you've, you guys friends? Do you guys like not talk at all? No, it's still we, pretty, we it's still pretty savage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, no, I. I mean, I guess with no kids, you don't have to talk. Yeah, we so don't. That's kinda, so yeah, yeah. We, like if I ever ran into her, I mean, I would. I'm, I think she still lives in Pittsburgh. That's how little we we. Wow. No, but I mean, if I saw her, it, it's all. I would definitely say something. I yeah. Mean, we had ten, you know, eight out of the ten years were really good years. So I think when I look back, I mean, thinking about your question, I think it was. Uh, Part of it was prioritizing. When we started out, and I'm sure this is anybody, you fall in love and that other person is the top priority. And that's how we were. And then maybe a couple years into the marriage, priorities shifted a little bit where if that other person's not the top priority and they slowly start to slump down, then there's going to be issues. And I think that's what happened with us. And the interesting part of our thing, I don't know how you were, but in the public eye, like when we would go out and do stuff, it looked like all oh, yeah, it's all, it's all great on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked good. <laughs> oh, it looked yeah. really good. Yeah. And even when we were with a family party or whatever, like yeah. everyone. It's it communication. It's that internal it communication. Yeah. When you said it right there, you know, it's it's all about communication. It's asking the right questions, having empathy, um, trying to put your, yourself in their shoes, um, making yeah. sure that you actually sit down and like, you know. No yeah. fitness, no work, no phone. You're right, no phone. Be present, right? Yeah. But because we're trying to, you know, be do good in our careers, because we are, you know, also trying to like, you know, we're usually pretty obsessive about our hobbies, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's like there's there's just a lot of things pulling at us. Yeah. And and men especially have a lot of pressure. 
Um, and I, I will say this too, just because this this helped me out. I don't know how you were, but coming out of the through the divorce process, I reframed it. And I think it's good to look back and see what could I have done different for whoever I date seriously or marry next. But I also think when I look back at it, I viewed it from a what if instead of her really hurting me and ruining my life, what if I look at it as in she set me free? Oh, she did. And now yeah. it's like this other mode has been opened up that I never thought was possible. And I'm doing things, I, I guarantee I wouldn't have met you if I was still married, because I never would have gone to VCon. I would have never met the guy that- Never would have been allowed. I would have never been allowed to go to VCon. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's funny No, though. but it's amazing it's how life true, works though. out Yeah, that way. and when you can have gratitude for like the bad things that happen yeah. in your life, and because it's all perspective, right? It's yep. like, like it's like take this cup and like when you look at it when you look at it on this side you only see black right yeah well, i see this really cool fish with a heart on it right? that, like, yeah, yeah make sure that's just, showing i love the and fish you just, and you just keep it's just the way you look at it and right. if you can look around it right but you got to get still to do that that's you fair. know you got to be able to like you know take in life so yeah. what's next for matt scaletti what's the, like the next what's the future look like the future looks like or i'm hosting more of these events because there's a community being built with this savage adventure camp and i'm starting to become obsessed with that I've been blessed that the speaking side, I'm doing a lot more speaking, still a lot virtually. I'm an in-person guy, I love doing this. I do a lot of virtual speeches and I'm I'm gearing up for this 5X Ironman event, which is gonna be the most difficult thing I've ever done. It's next, it's in October of 2023 and it's, it's a 12 mile swim, 560 mile bike ride. So it's just 5X over an Ironman. 5X Ironman, 131 mile run, and you just keep going. It's four and a half days, and you just see if you can finish it. So, I'm but just, you do all the you do you do all the swimming at one time. Yeah, you right? do all the swimming at one time. So how do you twelve miles? I mean, yeah. I've heard people like I mean, like that's like where, where do you go swim twelve miles? So at? it's in Virginia. It's in Lake Anna, like, Virginia. So in a lake. Yeah, it's in a lake. Like, and what do you do? Just do laps? Yeah, or like, I think it's a mile. It's like half a mile out, half a mile back, and you go twelve times. Yeah. In a row, like in can you row. can you come up to the shore think, for like yeah, a minute, can, like take a, a take, take a break? Yeah, I mean, because that's a take. lot. That's because I mean that's not something you can like. It's I mean I mean you can train for that in three rivers. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been in that river before. Oh well, yeah, that's probably crazy. too many too many drinks, too many yeah. too many too many, <laughs> too many iron cities, too many iron cities. <laughs> what yeah. um, so you want to keep doing the adventure camp? Keep with is there anything else? Is there anything else that you're working on in your life currently that? maybe is a blind spot or maybe a weakness that you're really trying to yeah. get better at? That's a really good question. It's this whole idea of balance. And it, I, I struggle constantly with, I know that I'm not balanced at all, probably. And the tough part is, I feel like I'm living my best life right now and I'm obsessed with what I'm doing. And I have a hard time. And maybe I look back on this in 10 years and go, why didn't you spend more time meeting, you know, your a potential girlfriend? Or why didn't you spend more time with family? Wh whatever it is, I, I'm just so into this pushing and getting out of your comfort zone myself and helping other people do it that I'm wondering if my balance is off and if I'll look back on that and regret it or not. I don't know because I, I'm, I'm just happy right now. That's I, the struggle. I see that bracelet. I'm glad that you're happy. Philippians yeah. four thirteen. I was going to ask you about if you believe in a higher power. I certainly do. Yeah, I, talk I wear to me, this. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I think. I mean, if it weren't for God, then I would have been dead or in jail for sure. I mean, th there had to be some sort of higher power in that. Looking in the mirror moment, and in uh, many more moments than that, for me to be alive and not have killed myself when I was in hundreds of drunken stupors. I mean, yeah, faith for me, I start out every morning and every night with, actually, this is kind of cool. I, I shared this recently. I recorded myself saying a prayer to myself, and there's I do one in the morning and one at night, just recorded on my iPhone, and I play it. It's only a minute or two in the morning, a minute or two at night, and it's just a prayer of gratitude, thankfulness for being alive, and yeah, I definitely believe in God, a higher power, and I think that's a big reason why I'm still here, and there's a lot left to do. Oh, one other thing I'll share is, this is a little dark, but it really has helped me. I have a picture, I should have brought it. I framed a picture of my tombstone. It's not real, I, I, didn't, I just got it on like Google uh -huh. Images. But I printed it out, and I put my name on it. I was born in 1983, and then I put a dash, and who knows what the, that year's gonna be, 
But I, that's the first thing I look at every morning. And it's not a, it's not a scary thing anymore. It's a, I know how this is all going to end. That's how it's going to end. What am I going to do today? What if, what if it ends next week? What's the dash how, all about? That's all. That's the dash, yeah, that's right? right. You're, what you're goes like, on the dash? Yeah, what goes on yeah. in the dash? And I think being an alcoholic for 10 years has helped me live with urgency because I don't know, I don't know how much longer we have. Like I want to maximize what I have now and doing things that I love and helping out people that, that need it. So yeah. What do you do with that dash? That's the, you're doing a lot with your dash. Well, I mean, I, I, I actually did die, um, in August of 2017 overdose did you i heard when i was listening to that podcast yeah you did. two yeah they had to bring me back man um, oh, i didn't know it was that oh it was i was dead literally two shots of narcan and three days in the icu at jefferson hospital oh yeah so like when i like yeah so like I, but my oh. thing is like i don't want anybody to have to like die to <laughs> figure out that there's a purpose for their life so i feel like god's gift for me was like all right he's been creating this amazing story for me. I've done, a, I mean, there's been a lot of low points in my life, a lot of low points in your yeah, life, right? Yeah. But God gave us this gift, this ability to be able to speak, to tell our story, share our story, be authentic, be vulnerable, be open and honest. And I think like, yeah, and it, but like when you're young, it's like you say, "Oh, we got to do it now." Like we got to do, uh, like, like who are we? What we got? We got to, we got to be successful now. Yeah. It's like. No, you're right. When you look at that tombstone, it's like, all right, first of all, how many people are going to come to our funeral? How yeah. many people are going to tell, you know, if you don't, you don't have kids, but let's just say, how many people are going to come and say, hey, man, your dad did this for me. Your yeah. dad did that. Oh, hey, your dad was this, right? Like, that's all I care about. Like, yeah. I don't, like all this other stuff, like work. Like, I mean, I love helping the homeowners in Pittsburgh with their roofing projects and but that's just a vehicle, right? To help yeah. the people that work here to have like a, a more inspiring life and a better life. And then all the stuff that we're doing across the country with, uh, you know, helping these other guys that like, and, and, and ladies that are just stuck, right? In that yeah. moment that don't necessarily, they're not as crazy as us. So they don't necessarily hit rock bottom the way we hit rock yeah. bottom. Yeah, yeah. But we don't need them to hit rock bottom if they can like use a little part of your story, a little part of my story, a little story maybe in the Bible, right? Like there's, yeah. if you just read the Bible, there's tons of stories in there. there. When did you find faith? Like, when did you start to search that out? You know what? So I was, and just real quick, I love I love everything that you just said. And just, just to make a quick point, I I think that's so powerful that you said we don't want people to have to hit those. I mean, you hit, a, that's about as bottom as you can get right there. I mean, I thought I was down there. But yeah, we I don't want people to have to go through 10 years of suffering to make the switch. Like, use our stories to make the switch now. To answer your question, I grew up Catholic, born and raised Catholic. So I went to Catholic school up until fourth grade, and it was just ingrained in me from an early age. So I'd just been something that I wear cross every day as well. And yeah, I think just believing in that higher power and in God, and it just it, it gives me gratitude. It makes me feel more alive, and I think it, it makes me want to help out other people even more. So yeah, I think. I hope that that's something I always believe in and trust. I mean, going through divorce, there was a couple of weeks. It was a short period of time, but I would go back to to church and almost just think, should I should I be here? Like, is it okay for me to be here? I know I went through something that you know is is frowned. Like, there was a certain embarrassment almost when like going through divorce. But I'm like, okay, you got to keep going back. Like, this is what's going to help you through it. And I think. God with alcoholism, divorce, injury, if it weren't for him looking down on me, things would not be as good as they are now. So God, so what I know about God is God hates the sin, but loves the sinner. Oh, that's a good line. Loves the sinner. That's a good line. He loves all of us. He loves you. You're, you're just in his eyes. You're like that perfect little baby that just like is pure as you it's know, amazing you know like a like a six-month-old baby right just pure the skin's perfect they're smiling they're like because they haven't been beat up by the world yet yeah, right? yeah, you're yeah. perfect <laughs> you're perfect in his eyes and uh but because we go around this world and people beat us up and the world beats us up and we feel shame and we feel embarrassment um we have a lot of fear inside of us yeah um but yeah you just more grace right you gotta you forgive yourself you gotta love yourself first and forgive yourself and and we're all creators i think you know made in his image and we're all creating we all have our own little superpower and once you find that superpower which i think that you found yours right you can inspire people through fitness right mm -hmm. that might be your pillar but then there's a lot more about matt scaletti 
that's going on. We just need to find out what the, all, all the other stuff is. You're right. And I'm so, constantly trying to figure it out. You got, you got another 50 years, bro. I know. That's right. Like we're Gary, Gary V says you're just getting started. I agree. I totally agree with that. And I think we're all just trying to figure it out. Like if we peel yeah, back yeah. the onion of everybody, nobody really knows what we're doing. I don't think we're all just trying to flounder around and figure out what makes us happy and what makes us tick. So no, you're right. I like how you said that. Inspire people through fitness. That's very simple and powerful. To yeah. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, you're so much more than that. It's just that's what's going to attract a certain, you know, because you're not going to be able to help everybody, right? right. So you're going to be able to help people. Like I told I told Brittany this morning, I'm like, if I get up, start getting up like at four in the morning and I start heading down, because do you live down in Pittsburgh? Like, yeah, you, I live you, in the Strip District. You live in the Strip District. Yeah. I'm like, if I start going down and hanging out in the Strip District and you start seeing videos of me like trying to keep up with Matt Scalady, <laughs> I said, there's no way that he'll get bored. I mean, he won't like, no. he'll, he'll do laps. I'll still be like chucking along down there. I'll, <laughs> I'll stop at, uh, I want to stop at Peppy's down there or something. Oh. Like oh, yeah, that, or like you yeah. know, grab me a hoagie while I'm like doing a run or something <laughs> like that. But uh, no, I definitely want to get with you. I definitely need to do something, and I have a lot of. I've had to control my circle of friends, right? Like, and when I left Ohio 13 years ago and moved here, it was like, cool, fresh start, right? Like, yeah. get out of that, you know. But then it's like, all right, and then I got myself into you know hanging out with people um, that just aren't. Do, doing things right and so now but i've met a lot of people now in the national circuit through v friends through the roofing industry a lot of other entrepreneurs a lot of other successful people and i hang out with them but it's a lot of it's virtual on the phone like i don't have too many in-person guys that are like doing like good stuff so me either we'll have to connect man I, i'm in like I, yeah. I feel like we've been yeah. in touch from afar yeah. for years even though we're not that right far. well kindred spirits that's exactly right so i have a so on the first season of my po- episode, podcast where i did like 77 episodes i always asked a person like five different questions i'm gonna do something different this season fire away i want to know like and you have a podcast i'm assuming every guest i have is not gonna have a podcast but like if you could be me, name three people that you'd want to interview. Like, if, like not counting yourself. You don't count me. Like that's <laughs> I appreciate that. That's a but great like, question. Who who's three people that you would love to interview? They could be famous. They could be not famous. Alive? They could, Should they be alive? Yeah, let's let's make them be alive. <laughs> okay. Because um, right. again, you can manif- I think you can manifest that, and I think that like because I, I Gary V's Gary V was on my episode uh, to that's kick this so season cool. off. That's the right? coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. and like. 13 years ago, I just started watching his YouTube videos. And I got to speak at his conference, right? Yeah. He's on my pocket. Like, that, like, yeah. And so I'm just, I want to know, like, who's the people in your life that that you're curious about? Um, and like I said, it could be somebody that you know that nobody even knows. I just want to know three names. All right, three names. Here yep. we go. Number one, all right, we'll shoot for the moon. Why not start big? Number one, Eminem. I'm a big Eminem Slim fan. Shady? Slim Shady himself. Marshall Mathers? Marshall that- Mathers. Yeah, I want to get him on the podcast. Yeah. I think the guy is an absolute genius, and I would love to just ask him some off-the-wall questions. I love that guy. Listen to his music constantly. See, if I was a good DJ right now, I'd already crank up like, Yeah, you, you could know. have the the way I am on or yeah. something. Slim yeah, Shady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I thought Cody was playing Cody might. Right yeah, there. Cody might. Yeah, we'll probably be able to <laughs> Dub it in. Dub it in. Number two, he's on your wall, would be LeBron James. Definitely would want to interview LeBron James. Big. I'm just a fan of how he leads people, and it just seems like he can help people level up in such a way that's so cool to see that. How rare is it in sports, especially sports, that there's never been like he's never been a part of a scandal. He's never been like there's so I've true. never even heard anything bad about him other than the way he went to Miami after leaving Cleveland. Yeah, and that the, was just a dumb little, that was like a dumb little thing that like yeah. his agent probably put him up to. Yeah. To like, oh, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. Like other yeah. than that, like that's the only thing. That's it. That's it. That's it. So true. That's <laughs> so he was true. a kid. Yeah. Think about it. He's like he's, he's still younger than us. Oh, I mean, yeah. like, he's like a year probably year yeah, younger than 38, 39. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like and back then that was like when he was late twenties. Like that was the stupidest thing he ever did. It's true. Like people are just looking like, for how reasons. incredible is that? Yeah. And he's like one and like, you know, and people still tr- his biggest thing, I think he creates his own adversity where everyone compares him to Jordan, which oh, is like, it. Yeah. like like I don't know how and like and now he's got a son. He's gonna be playing yeah. in the league. Probably. It's gonna be fun to see if that actually like, happens. And if those two can like can you imagine the first time that LeBron throws a alley oop oh. to his kid or vice versa? Yeah, goosebumps. Dude, yeah. I know, man. I would love to see it. I wanna be there. I wanna see it. It was kinda 
kind of like that moment. And you, we were in back in my office. I have a Tiger Woods flag. You know, when, oh, when yeah. Tiger won the Masters in 2019, his kid came. Like, dude, oh, Dally. Yeah. Like, that's just like a, it's like a culmination, right? Like, yeah. Of, of everything. So who's your third guest? Third guest is... I, I'm going to do four real quick. Yeah, I, I good. Do both. Yeah. Third guest is David Goggins, who's been... Well, you're going with all the big names. Yeah, I'm, I got to go like, big. Wow. Goggins is going to be three. I've, I've just started... I mean, he's been an inspiration to me, I think, through divorce and just... Oh, yeah. He's got an incredible story. I mean, guy, that book, his book, um, Can't Hurt Can't Me. Can't Hurt Me is Man, a beast. It's a beast. I love that audio book. And then when he oh, comes yeah, in every book. chapter and like yeah. gives a little color commentary, yeah. oh, it's so good. He does it in the new one, too. Never finished. He comes in and, oh, it's so good. And then He's four, a nutbag like you, bro. Oh, he's a nut. Oh, he's yeah. A nut oh, yeah. 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 Tony Robbins would be up there. We'll, we'll throw him in there, too. I mean, he's been... Just, I almost see him as a mentor, even though I've never really met him, just from afar. I mean, consuming his content has been a game changer for me. I went to, uh, two years ago, I went to Unleash the Power. Oh, yeah, I've down, been there. I've been there oh, you've times. done that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's a pretty cool experience. Which one did you go to? Uh, 2021, I think, uh, in West Palm Beach. I was there. I was definitely there. Yeah, yeah me and Brittany went, yeah. It oh, was like you? in November yep. like of 2021. I was there, yeah. Yeah. Two, almost two years ago. Yeah. It's like his first big like live event since co- yep. after COVID. Yeah, that was yeah. it. That was awesome. Remember we got on the floor and they turned the lights out. We all start freaking out. Oh, oh yeah. yeah dude. This is oh. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I'm a big fan of how just how he gets people. Those, those workshops. Events. Oh, those live events are powerful. And huge. I mean, that and that's an inspiration to me for these Savage Adventure Camps is not exactly what he's doing, but just meshing, marrying together the mental and physical wellness and like that's what I'm I'm trying to do. So and his that I mean those events are just I've never seen anything like that. That's so awesome. Tell us for the listeners and the viewers out there if they want to get in touch with you, what's the easiest yeah, way? Yeah, I mean to do that? Instagram I'm definitely most active. It's just my name at Matt Scaletti. Uh, my website is my name as well, Mattscaletti.com. You go on there if you want to come to Savage Adventure Camp March eighth to the eleventh, twenty twenty four. It's gonna be Pretty freaking epic. It's going to be savage. It is going to be savage as all hell. I can't wait. Well, yeah. thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having it's, me. It's been, it's been awesome. Um, if you got value out of this podcast, you know, ask a question down below in the comments. Uh, reach out. Matt will answer the questions. I'll make sure he does. I'd love to. And uh, subscribe. You know, we're trying to get more people to listen to this podcast, to hear the stories from regular people like us. Not, you know, he mentioned some famous people, right? It's easy to listen to the famous guys, right? But this is where you're going to actually get the transformation. The stories of just regular people like us doing big things. I love it, man. Thank you for listening to the Big Fish Cares podcast. 